So good to see all of you today. I have a feeling that uh, we have quite a few family and friends and visitors. Uh, Our 11 o'clock service isn't usually this packed, but that's okay. It's good to see you all. Um, uh, My name is John, by the way. I'm one of the pastors here, so if you don't uh, know who I am, uh, I'm actually Dave speaks majority of the time, so I'm sort of just sort of pinch hitting for him a little bit. You know what's interesting? In our staff meetings, we never know how long a service like this will go. So originally speaking, we actually were going to have... um, uh, do an, have an opportunity where maybe we would have some, a, a member from our, our church family sharing a bit of their story and maybe doing something that maybe some of us know as a testimony. And then we're realizing, you know what, you need a little bit of time to do that. So maybe it's not best to do that this week because of this, this dynamic. See, what happens is, is that when you have something like, uh, you want to do something like child dedications, you know one or two families that might have babies or kids. But then word gets out. And over 10 families, how many kids today? Zach, 14 kids, 14 kids, children, children, young ones, infants and children have been dedicated today. And what an amazing testimony to you as family members and for you to come here. It's also something that we've been seeing at Westside. We've actually had some tremendous growth uh, during, our church, the, uh, during this last year and a half or so. And so this is just, I think, a testimony to, um, to the health of our church and maybe some, as we're singing the, the song, The Blessing, God's blessing upon even us as a church family. Uh, we love our church. We love the fact that we have ages that represent from those that are born just yesterday to the fact that some of us that are very oldest have a place in our church. So we just welcome you here today, and we're just thankful to see you. Um, One of my favorite services, I've been a pastor for quite a while, but one of my favorite services is when we have kids in in and among us. it's actually quieter than I thought it was going to be, so that's shocking. So, um, but it's so good. It's so good to always be reminded of that. And sometimes in our church, just by the way that, that this church is, um, the practical way that this building has this sanctuary space here, and then the kids kind of wing is back there. Sometimes there's some of us that can go Sunday to Sunday and not know that there's 80 to 100 kids that are affected almost weekly with our two services. It's amazing. It's amazing ministry that we're part of. So thank you for being here. I just love the fact that we can see these young families stepping forward and committing their children uh, to the Lord and to to just be kids that are following the path of of God. Um, I remember, I don't remember who it was, but somebody along the way when we had our first child, we have three kids. Actually, I have a picture I'm going to show you in a second of our kids. But um, I remember when, like, that's over 30 years ago that we had our first child. And I remember someone saying to me, don't worry, it's only going to be about 18 years till, you, till, till they leave. And I remember thinking through that and thinking, oh, it's going to be only 18 years. And 31 years later, they're still my kids. So it just doesn't end that quickly. It's interesting parenthood, isn't it? It's kind of like it's somehow we manage, those of us who parents can relate with this, some of you have been parents for a lot longer even than me. Some of you are just brand new to this, but you know what, you somehow manage blindly through this the season where the children, they're, they're infants, and then they're tod, those toddler years. And then we think we've got it all figured out. And then somehow we stumble through this awkward puberty years. Those of you who haven't gone through that yet, welcome to those years when they come. Because then that prepares us for those teenage years. When those teenagers, you guys, are part children and part adults, and not sure what day they're kids and what day they're adults. That being said, we look forward 
to them going to college, university, to the point where some of us you can't even wait that we pay for their education to make sure that it works. It's kind of interesting, though, how parenthood works, doesn't it? So anyway, when I was contemplating a little bit of this message and contemplating not just a, a couple passages of scripture, and not to, to be quite, quite frankly, not to take too long about this, but just to make some specific points, the verse that came to my mind, and some of you who are visiting with us, hopefully you're familiar with this verse, maybe you're not familiar with this verse, but it seems to be a verse that a lot of us that have grown in the church would know. And it's from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And this is what it says. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Don't get caught up with the he. It's a he, she thing, okay? So train up your child in the way he or she should go. When he or she is old, they will not depart from it. And I was kind of wondering a little bit about, wow, is that a little too harsh? It's kind of verse that some of us that have been following Jesus for a long time and maybe are... Our kids are now older, maybe they're out of the house, so when we read that verse, we actually feel kind of like guilty because did we actually do a good job or not? I'm not sure. So anyway, I just decided to do something and kind of look into, in Proverbs, it actually was written in the time of the Old Testament, and in the Old Testament, it would have followed um, the Hebrew, the way of the Hebrews would have understood in the book of Hebrew, excuse me, how you would if you were Hebrew in that time. And so what happens is, uh, this is what I found out, and it's actually fairly cool, is that in Hebrew, this is actually a verb, and it's translated, this idea of train up is hanuk, hanuk. And so this word hanuk actually is only occurs five times totally in the Bible. Five times. Two of the times, <clears throat> it actually uh, is translated so that someone can dedicate their house, their new house to God. And in fact, when you understand that this dedication is happening of this new house, if a soldier went to war and they hadn't dedicated their house, they actually couldn't go to war yet. They actually had to go back and dedicate their house before they'd even go to war. Then another two times that this, that this, word is, uh, the, this idea is translated uh, is, is in terms of dedication, in terms of the temple, so when you hear of Hanuk, or we, we would know, some of us who don't understand the Jewish tradition enough, but understand enough of it, you ever heard of Hanukkah? This idea of Hanukkah is this rededication of the temple. It's all this idea of dedication. So the reality of this occurrence is that this is actually, in terms of this verse, train up a child, it's actually dedication of children. And so I found that actually, I found that amazingly uh, Brilliant for, the, for this passage for today. And so now when we look at this, this Hebrew phrase, even in this way, it says, in the way he should go. It literally means according to his or God's ways. So the reality of this verse really should say more to this. Dedicate your children according to God's ways. And then it says, and when he is old, he will not depart, with that, depart from that. I think that um, some of us, who are older, or maybe have found our faith journey at a later time in life, that's the way. That's God's way. We have found God's way. The amazing part about it is in our, hopefully in our Christian families, in our church, in this church, and if you're following Jesus, that, um, and even with what we're saying today, is that we're saying to our kids, hey, you got a bit of a head start in finding this way of Jesus. And so we want 
every one of us, and hopefully if you're here today, you're here with us because we want to help our kids find the spiritual journey of God, which we can do through Jesus. You know, it's funny. um, We're about to show you a picture of my own kids, but this idea of development, it's pretty natural for every single one of us. And I've kind of already sort of... uh, gone a little bit, I've already mentioned a little bit, but this idea of kids, these children, these young people, they're like a sponge when they're young. They're just like this sponge. Now, why we have a children's ministry in our church is because we recognize that these early years are very formative and they're very foundational. Because when these kids, and when you, or when your kids, or, or how you were developed, it happens the same with each one of us, they reach these teenage years. And that's the time when a little bit of independence kicks in. So a lot of times, the things that you learned while you're young, and then you become a teenager, you start fighting a little bit of those things a little bit. And so what happens along the way is, and quite frankly, kids are, um, um, I've, lost the, I've lost the word here, when you're, when you're first, the, first, the first way that you learn when you're young is through kind of what you see and what you touch. And then what you do is as you get older, those ideas, they actually become like ideas and they're not as concrete as you once thought they were. And so that's kind of the natural progression of life. And then you get to be young adults and you might go to school. And then you start bringing these conclusions to the way your faith journey is. So realistically speaking, this is the developmental process that each one of us goes through for whatever it is in life. But here we're today, we're talking about what it is in terms of a spiritual context. So here's my family. A lot of, you know what, there's a lot of you are visiting or meeting my family for the first time, but those of you who... uh, who go to Westside and have known us for a while. Our kids don't go here. They go to other churches or they're involved in other things. And so this is my wife, Christy, and I, those of you who know us and our dog. Um, but uh, you will see on this, sorry, I'm looking at a different picture than you are. Uh, in our picture is that our oldest daughter is Olivia and she has her husband, Mike, and they are holding our two grandkids. That is Noah, he just turned eight. And Selah, she's about to turn six. And then our middle daughter, that's Eliza. And then our youngest uh, child, that's Eli. And, and uh, he, and he uh, they are of various ages, but they're older than 28. Let's say all of them. So there you go, in that way. And what's interesting is, is that I was, I was just thinking that, like, we have kids too. And I felt a ton of guilt in bringing those kids up. I've also felt a ton of triumph and excitement. Uh, I love where our kids are at in life. I love where they've, they've sort of, how they've found God on their own path journey, not all at the same time, but they're just finding God in different, they've found God in different ways. So it's amazing how we can have, be a testimony to that. But then I was thinking about all the families that we've been seeing this morning, and we've had, some of us have had the opportunity to see two services worth of this, and recognizing that, holy cow, parenting, it's a big responsibility. I remember when Olivia, it's one of those things you reflect on. I remember when Olivia uh, was only six to eight months old. I can't really remember exactly the time frame. She's just a little baby. And we're living in a very small apartment. We were living in Ajax, Ontario, uh, not too far away from the hospital uh, that's in the area. And um, this fever, that she just all of a sudden got this fever. 
And what's happening is we did our very best to control the fever or whatever, but the fever just got higher and higher and higher to the point where, okay, this little thing is really, really sick. And this is like before the internet, before you type in and be able to see what's going on here, like what's going on. I know you guys can't believe it, some of you, that there actually was a time frame when that didn't exist. But yes, the internet didn't exist at one point. So what do you do? You phone your parents, you phone your in-laws, right? Should we, take the ho- should we take her to the hospital? What should we do? Somewhere along the way, I phoned a friend. He happened to be a doctor. And we found out later that she actually had measles. And so this, in, in terms of, and, and when we actually called our doctor, our doctor, when our doctor asked to see her, uh, it had to be after hours. <laughs> and they told us to come in the back door. Do you think, we, think this is contagious? Like, what's going on here? And so what's happening along the way, I can remember as a very young man thinking, oh my goodness, having this baby is a huge responsibility. And then later on, uh, when our grandson Noah, when he was born, he was actually, uh, we got a call in, what, January 22nd, that was, what, uh, 2016, uh, and we went over to Joe Brandt Hospital. I think it was like 4 a.m. I love the fact that our daughter invited us to come and see him being uh, just so soon after he was born. And I remember walking into to the hospital and just seeing him, and even before holding him, that same love, that same responsibility, that same feel that I had for my own daughter, I had for my grandson as well. And I'm still blown away by that kind of love and connection I'm blown away by the fact that you still carry kind of that, feel like that same responsibility. You know, it's shocking though how much with with each of our kids you feel like they grow, but you grow as well. And in this developmental process, I felt as if, you know what, there was a time though when I felt like, I did feel, this is interesting. So Eliza, she's our little traveler. At 18 years old, she came to us and said, hey, I want to take a trip, but I want to do something on missions. I thought it might be, you know, somewhere in Quebec or maybe down the States. It was Africa. And she decides that she's going to go to Africa. And I remember the day we took her to the airport and she went on that plane and it was a distinct feeling in mind that, oh my goodness, she's grown up and I've grown up too. There's this idea of you got to, this, you release her or release your child at some point in time in the future. Parenthood is interesting, isn't it? And even like being a support to parents, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Um, here's a, here's um, the other, oh, Wednesday night, we were part of this, the Chosen movie. We actually had a bunch of us in this room and we were watching, it's just studying Jesus, our first week of the Chosen. Love it. If you guys get a chance, please join us if, if that's something that, uh, that might fit what you're doing. But there was a scene in the movie where there was a father and a daughter, and the father was, read, was not reading, was actually sharing with the daughter from Isaiah 43. And what's interesting about it is, is that this father is teaching, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's impressing upon his daughter some strong truths from his own faith journey. And it reminded me of this verse I'd like to read to you from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 16 Actually, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 to 7, it says this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. In the Old Testament, and you were parenting, you never had a written scripture like we have today. So they would have memorized the first five books of the Bible. That would be the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And so this passage, that this, sorry, when something is being handed down from one to another, from a, from a parent to a child, it would have been done orally. And so this idea of verse 7, it says here, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when they are at home and when they're on the road. They took this very, very seriously. The people they couldn't read and they would memorize so that they could share orally. Uh, parents and grandparents, they were a key part of, of this involvement as well. And also the entire community would be sharing in these stories of the past. And they'd be sharing these current rela- realities of the people of Israel. Not just the good stories, but the not so good ones as well. The faith was handed down from one generation to another generation. This idea of working together to become an influence in these kids' lives was extremely, extremely important. And I don't know, I was just thinking about that for the sake of here we are now in 2024. And we recognize that there's a lot of people that have a lot of influence in each one of our kids' lives. I used to teach a, a class a few years ago um, uh, at one of the Bible colleges uh, in youth ministry. It was for a lot of youth pastors and youth workers who, who uh, wanted to make youth ministry a career. And, uh, and here, actually, here, here's one of the slides that I, that I would um, share with them. This slide talks about the fact that who is actually the most influential in a, in a, and it was a teenager's life, but any kid's life. Who is the most influential? Because very often, if you were to ask that question, who's the most influential? Pretty much parents, pretty much everybody would say their friends are the most influential by far. Which is true. Friends are actually pretty, pretty important. It is important. The, the friends that your, your child has, the friends you hang around with, they are a big influence in your life. And another group of people that's very influential are these uh, people called role models. And that's where people like grandparents come in. It also is um, where aunts and uncles, maybe teachers, a really good teacher, maybe coaches, some other people that, depending upon where your child is getting their information about you know, life choices, about decisions they make, about just some general learnings or advice, is that these are some of the people that are most influential. And then there's this other group, and this is what I would tell my students. There's this other category. It's the smallest category, and it's called others. And that's where we fit. (laughs) The church and us as youth pastors or youth workers, whatever, we're in this like other category, which I found actually kind of interesting that these people, like that we would actually make careers (laughs) out of pastoring, Dave. There you go. So when we're probably some of the ones that have the least amount of influence at all. So who is number one? Who is the number one influence in any young person's life? Who is it? Parents. Parents. By far and away, they are the biggest influence in any young person's life. By far. Um, 
I was almost going to use a name, but I'm not going to because you never know what happens. But that's beside the point. I remember when a parent came, I was a youth pastor many years ago, and a parent came and asked and talked to me and said, hey, listen, would you please talk to my son? He's thinking about going to such and such school. And my comment to the parent was, okay, do you not want them to go to the school? Or do you want them to go to school? Like, where do you want, like, where, I will talk to them, but where do you want, what do you want from this? And, and as they shared, I realized that there was some tension in the house, there was some tension over the choices that they were making for school. Definitely the parent had a, had a school that they wanted, them, had, they wanted uh, their son to go to. And I still wasn't sure, but I was getting the feeling that the son didn't want to go to that school. So when you start to put yourself in that position, you realize that, okay, I'll talk to your son. I love your son. I think he's a great guy. Part of it's in our youth ministry. We actually had this discussion. And in this discussion, I realized very, I was, it was pretty evident that it didn't matter what I said. <laughs> this is between the son and the parent. Does that make sense? And why I say that is because I think it's good for us to know that we will do our best in a church situation to say this is what we are presenting spiritually for your kids. But you parents need to be the ones that are the most influential on whatever that means and wherever that, that your child is going. And here's what's interesting. Um, influence doesn't, it's not always positive. It can be negative as well. So whoever is on that pie chart in terms of influence, it can be positive or negative. Therefore, why we want to be parents that are being positive, especially spiritually we want you to be positive in this, is that we want your kids to somehow find Jesus and get on that God's way, that path for their future. But it doesn't matter if you're a a two-parent family. It doesn't matter if you are a a single-parent family. It doesn't matter if you have been through a divorce. It does not matter what it is you are to your child. Parents are the number one by far influence, like by far and away. Parents, parents, parents. I found a quote uh, by, um, I found actually, yeah, a quote by a guy named Tony Evans, and he wrote a book a few years ago called Raising Kingdom Kids. And here's what this quote says. Whoever influences your children owns their future. Love them enough to parent purposefully, imparting kingdom truths that they will carry for the rest of their lives and onto their children. Help your children develop their identity in Jesus Christ, despite what the culture says. Grow in confidence as you discover your worth as a parent and experience the freedom of influencing your children rather than controlling them. The key idea here, though, is this. Whoever influences your children owns their future. I still would say you need to be cautious of who's, that, who's in your, 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 your children's life. But no matter what, you as parents, are the main influence and you can own their future. Okay, when you have kids my age and are older and then you have family gatherings like Christmas, which we've just gone through, very often what happens along the way is you might get this comment, hey dad, you, you are sounding just like your mom. And I'm like, what? What? In fact, 
when you sit over in that seat and the way you cross your legs or the way you order us to do things for you, you sound just like your mom. I'm like, what? I think part of it along the way here is is that we are influenced by our parents always. Now, I don't know about you because maybe you're completely different than me and I loved my parents and I love my mom. My mom passed away a few years ago. But the last thing I want to hear honestly is ever that I'm like my mom. Maybe some of you want to be that way. I don't know why. Now, that being said, I hope the best version of it's happening. This is how we influence each other all the time. You as parents will always be an influence. What's interesting is, is that your parents pick up on those things you say at home, right? Maybe those four-letter words you don't want to express, they pick up on them. Maybe they're, they pick up on your frustration. Maybe they pick up on some of those things that when you're going through some really sad times, they come alongside. Whatever those things are, those things are part of what they bring with them as well. You, as parents, are the number one influence, and whoever holds that influence owns their future, and that is you. You know what? I want to just bring some concluding remarks to this uh, this day, and um, I called it clickbait in the first service. I don't even know if it is or not. Listen, I'm just learning QR codes, okay? So please, whatever I say might be completely off, but anyway, uh, and our people of our church would understand what that is for me. Um, here's by way of application. Just let me leave you with, with some thoughts in mind for application. Three, here's the th- three ways to influence your kids and you can be the best parent ever. There you go. There's clickbait. Three ways you can be, you can uh, influence your kids and be the best parent ever. Number one, love and follow Jesus. Let him be the Lord of your life. Remember that stuff we talked about in terms of the, 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 you being the number one influence, you being the one that holds the key to the future, if you want them to follow Jesus, if you want them to find their own path to God, they need to witness it with you first. You need to be the one that shows them that God that loves them also loves you. Here's some questions that I have for you. Do your kids know that you love God? Are you actively pursuing God yourself? And does your home actually reflect God's love? Number two, love others. More is caught than taught. The very essence of the Christian faith is loving God, loving others. Does your family, does your, do your kids Witness firsthand the fact that you also love others. Are they, ma- are they witnessing this idea that you're matching what you do with the words you say? Do our kids see us helping others? Even the smallest needs around us for people that need some support. Are we doing our, are we doing our best to show our kids that we're willing to support them? And then, this is like super easy, but it's so hard for some of us. Are we being encouraging and kind instead of being judgmental. And then the final, and this is number three, and this is you need to get help when you need it. You are not alone. And I think that's basically what we're here for today is to say as a church family, not just these wonderful families that came today, but every single one of us is that if we need help, how can we support each other? And so this is really 
speaking for us at Westside Church here. And so those of you that are visiting, this extends to you as well. But we want to be a church where we recognize that none of us can do anything alone and we need to support each other. I think one of the ways if you're a younger parent is there's a lot of people that have gone on before you. They're a little bit older. I hope they're wiser, (laughs) maybe a bit more discerning. Most of us have gone through some pretty big bumps in life, whether that's health issues or struggles with job. Maybe some of those are with our own children. There's a lot of us that have been down the road. And some of us have had some really hard experiences, but we've never lost hope. We've never lost focus of Jesus. And so these people are, in our, are, are with us and around us. So if you need that care, I'm sure we can figure out a way that we can help each other in that way. And the other part is just as a church family, is that one of our core values is next generation. It's helping the next generation. And that's from children, that's to our youth, and that's even into our young adults. And we want to be intentional and we want to help this next generation in any way that we possibly can. So even though you are the number one influence as parents, we want to partner with you in helping you on this journey. We're a resource. Please don't just give your kids to us so that you can go shopping. <laughs> Although that's a good idea. But you know, like don't, this is about dumping off so we take care of your kids. This is about us supporting you so you can take care of your kids on, your, on those spiritual journeys. And it's extremely important. And so a couple things that Dave's already mentioned today, I'll just reiterate it just for the sake of making sure that these are concrete things that you recognize. In our church, um, if you're a young mom, there's a mom and tots group that meets and it meets regularly just to support each other at those, with those years. We have these uh, group ministries called life, group, or excuse me, yeah, life groups. These life groups meet most weekly, some meet bi-weekly, but they meet more regularly. Now, they're in people's homes, so actually it's one of the meets of the church, but if that's something that you're interested in, it's another way to just build relationships and keep working and growing in your, your own journey. And then there's things like if you're brand new to the faith, maybe something like coming to study of Jesus. We're using a movie series called The Chosen. It might be something that would be available. Or maybe you've been down the road for a while in your journey and you're feeling a little bit stale and you need a little bit of help. Maybe you just need a bit of support. And that's where when we're doing something with spiritual, uh, spiritual formation and helping with some of these spiritual disciplines, maybe that's something. These aren't classes for you so that you check a box. These are things to help you as resources on your spiritual journey. When we come to teens, and I think this is very important, We just believe in teens so much that when they're about to go to a retreat next month, very soon, a couple weeks, teens are so open to the things of God on these retreats, it's unbelievable. You take teens out of the lives that we have here just for even a weekend and just get them away for a little season. And it's amazing how God speaks to them. So when we come to you and say we never want finances to be an obstacle for teens to go on these types of retreats, that's our way to bring the church family together and to say here might be a way that you can come and support one of our teens that might help in that journey. And then as families, we recognize that our marriages need sometimes need support and need help. And so what happens is, is that whether you're, some people are having, some people are at a wonderful place in their marriage or they're so new. Maybe some have not had, your kids have had kids yet or you're not having kids or you're not together. Like any of these things, or maybe you've had bumps in the road. As a church, we just really believe that healthy marriages equal healthy families. 
And so we're about to have a marriage getaway. It's a one-night retreat uh, down in Niagara-on-the-Lake. We're doing that as a church family. We've invited some other churches in if they're willing to come. But that's in, on March 22nd. And if that's something that you need to be involved in, we just want to help you get there. And you that are maybe supporting your families here, babysit the kids for one night so that these guys can come. <clears throat> one little caveat, by the way, I was on the phone with the hotel this week, and that is, is that uh, um, our group rates that they've had, given us a sweet group rate, it's at the Queen's Landing Hotel, a great hotel. Um, they can only hold it till February 14th. So if you're thinking of coming, like you've got to sign up so we can get you, get you that, that, those group rates. It's very important, though, that you invest in your marriage. It's very important for your kids that you invest in your marriage. You know, these are just some practical ways for us, and these are just some things on my heart today. Our prayer is that you, as young, as, as young parents, will grow and help your, well, you, you will grow on your own, in your own faith journey, so that your kids will have a healthy faith here in the future too. And our prayer also is that we as a church family will always be supportive of you no matter where you're at. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a wonderful, wonderful day. Father, thank you that we could witness firsthand these families that are coming forward to say how much they want their little ones to be on a journey with you. Lord, I just pray that each of us will seek you with our whole heart. Father, I pray that we as a church, as families that are here, will always be a positive influence to our young people towards Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you that no matter where we are, no matter who we are, no matter where we are in life, it is never, ever too late to find you, to find our way with you. Lord, we thank you for our church and we just pray that we will always be a church that loves you first and loves others. In Jesus' name, amen.